0: Engines and Draminers, a podcast exploring the intersection of theater and tabletop role-playing games. This week we'll feature a game of Bluebeard's Bride. Be advised that this game contains sex, gore, and themes of gendered violence. For specific content warnings, please check the show notes.
1: All right, so welcome back. Um, we, have, uh, we have created our bride. Um this was that was all part of wedding preparation. So you then married Bluebeard and to sort of get us back into this headspace. Um, I'm curious, and this is not necessarily going in order like in character creation. This is just in general where you're at and what you've been able to ruminate on uh, free form. Can you tell me a memorable moment from your wedding? Like something that you something that happened.
2: Yeah, I remember that my flowers were really beautiful that I held as my bouquet. They were delicate pinks and reds and peaches, and miraculously, there was one blue rose in the center. And I just love that.
3: I think that the main thing that I can contribute is that I connected with my own mother while I walked down the aisle and seeing her face of pride and joy of my getting married allowed me to feel more secure in my own decision.
4: I took note of the guests' faces to see who was truly happy to seeing us get married and who was not, and took inventory. What did you discover in that, witch? That my dad was genuinely happy, which was great, but it looked like most of the people that were Bluebeard's guests were very afraid to speak to me. That they regarded and that they wanted to know a lot of personal questions and we hadn't, I hadn't really known them well yet. I'm just like, why, what do you want? What are you trying to find out? I was very like aware that they were treating me strangely.
1: Any other memorable moments?
5: Um, I took note at, of Bluebeard himself. At least Bluebeard himself, whatever else may have been going on, did appear to be fixated on me. Didn't, you know, really, uh, in as much as I had this experience to say he looked at me lovingly, you know, I, I was, I felt as though he genuinely were uh, marrying me because he was excited to marry me. You know, it, it, it uh, didn't seem, there was no falsity that I perceived on the day of the wedding.
1: Fantastic. Um- so yeah, so after such a lovely ceremony, um, and it was quite, quite late when you began your travels back, um, to Bluebeard's home. And when you arrived, the evening had gotten the better of you both and your marriage was not consummated. The next morning, the head maid of the house, Helene, uh, wakes you, um, and she gets you ready for, um, a very late breakfast and she doesn't really say much to you, but you do hear a few comments, um. Uh, under her breath that you can't quite hear, but you know enough to know that they're not very kind. You hear probably fat, lazy cow. You hear some variation of these things, but she smiles at you the entire time. Um, before you make it down to breakfast, um, I'm curious where how the bride feels in general about not having consummated the wedding night. What does what that bring up for each of you?
3: I think that for the mother, she... Blames the witch for not having consummated the marriage. Any particular reason? I would say that the particular reason was that she was overly focused on the different perspectives at the wedding. And so the bear felt that she was not able to be focused on the carnal element of the. Wedding
5: night. It's making it's making my anxiety spike uh, for sure. Um, There's something there's something wrong. Like given the way that I am aware marriages are supposed to go, the sort of traditions of marriages, and again, and the fact that I did think yesterday this man was. loving me whatever that means um something is wrong now or something didn't go the way that it should have gone and now i don't really and that that strikes a sort of sour or or sort of strange chord with me I, I don't understand it and i don't like it i'm
4: bitter <laughs> not blaming any one in particular basically kind of hoping to I, I would assume that like one the wedding was very exhausting there's a lot of people and like okay passed out, whatever, but I probably would have wanted to stay up and be like, so let's seal this deal. I got stuff to do. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of put on some moves over breakfast.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, so as the Virgin, I have complicated feelings because if we did consummate our wedding night, then I wouldn't be here. So, you know, that it just feels weird to know that. But I'm also just happy to do what Bluebeard wants. And if Bluebeard, if that meant that, like, we couldn't consummate, then that's what Bluebeard wants. And so, you know, that's just what needs to happen. So I'm very patient.
1: That's interesting. I hadn't actually put together that, that your existence is actually and exists in that temporality that is so stupid and arbitrary. Anyway, continue. that's wonderful. Um, fantastic. So, <laughs> Helene uh, escorts you down um, to an unlocked breakfast nook. So this is one of the few unlocked rooms of the house. It's a uh it's not very large, it's it's very modest actually. Um, and it's near n- a number of other locked doors that you can see. And Bluebeard is already there as well as the butler, um, uh, Henry. Um, and they serve you, uh, Henry and Helene serve you breakfast while Bluebeard watches you with some delight. Um, you're not uh, unaware that he is staring at you knowing that you've missed your wedding night as well. Um, and you can, you know, he's got this odd smile but you don't really talk very much. He's just sort of watching you and seems to be enjoying watching you. But about midway through the mule, Henry interrupts with news. Bluebeard must go away um, and won't be back for some time. Um, While Bluebeard is reading this note, um, Henry is staring at you. You do notice this, the butler is just sort of staring at you with an odd sort of look on his face. And, uh, and then much like the story we began our session with, Bluebeard gives you a set of keys. Um, he tells you you can go anywhere you like, but you can't go into that one door. And you know exactly which door it is as soon as he says it. Um, you know exactly which key it is as soon as he says it. He kisses you on the forehead and goes. You are now standing in this odd little breakfast nook surrounded by a bunch of locked doors um, and hallways that lead to other locked doors. Um, you have a heavy set of keys and there are no servants around. While he was giving you these keys, all of the plates have been cleared and the servants have gone. Um, you didn't even see them or hear them go. What would you like to do? And we will start with, uh, I think Animus as the hand gets to start with the ring. But you all get to decide where you'd like to go.
5: Um, Can I ask a narrative clarifying question? Did we, did we, we didn't consummate the marriage, but did we sleep in the same room or do we have separate bedrooms?
1: You have separate bedrooms.
5: Well, I want to go to Bluebeard's room. I'll propose that to the sister.
1: (laughs) The bedroom, you know? Yep. 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 (laughs) Yep. Any particular reason you want to voice, Animus, about why you want to go to Bluebeard's room? Um,
5: yeah, again, I think I, I, I don't necessarily know what was supposed to happen last night, like how those kinds of things are initiated or sort of what, what where the moment happened that some decision was made that we are not going to consummate this marriage last night, but I'm still curious. Like I, presumably I would have done that in Bluebeard's room. I just kind of want to see like what, if I can just get any sense of this person from the place that I should have seen last night or, or was going to have this big experience last night, but then didn't.
1: Awesome. Um, all right. So you, um, you pick out a key if you would describe the key for me.
5: Um, It's really basic. It's really simple. It's just sort of black iron. Um, There's almost nothing like it's almost conspicuously um, undistinguished considering the rest of the keys and their
1: sort of craziness. It's really plain. Great. So you walk along these corridors and you get to a room that matches that key. Um, The room beckons, you enter, and the door closes behind you. Um, And what you see is actually not what you expect. Um, You are in a bedroom. Um, But it doesn't look like it would necessarily be um, Bluebeard's bedroom. And the only reason you can know that for sure is because um, there is a dollhouse in the room as well. Um, But when you walk in, you see this grand four poster bed that looks... That looks beautiful, very comforting and not like in that cheesy 80s, you know, frilly way. It's like a four poster canopy bed that's got like the most expensive blue fabrics on it. You also see a very large walk in closet and you see a gorgeous vanity as well as a mirror that hits you as soon as you enter the door. It's like right in front of the door. So as soon as you come in, you're square off with this mirror. Um, What would you like to do?
5: Um, I'll investigate the mirror. Great.
1: Great. What memories does this item hold? So, as you're sort of staring in this mirror, um, you do see yourself um, dressed as you had that day after your wedding. You can see some bags under your eyes. They're modest. You're very young, Um, but you are getting a sense of your entire uh, shape within this full length mirror. Um, And you look just as you sort of remembered yourself looking, although you don't remember the last time you maybe had access to a full length mirror. But then the more that you watch yourself, the more that you start to see that the eyes uh, underneath look a little bit darker than they did a second ago. And your hands look a little bit more weathered than they did just a minute ago. And as you're bringing one hand up you realize there's like a delay almost in the mirror that is that is sub, slightly unsettling and you get a second question um why did bluebeard keep this item as you are <laughs> as you are uh, sort of testing out this um hand you know groucho moment i suppose um you start to get a feeling of another hand that is like gripping upon um your thigh on your inner thigh. And it's not in the mirror, but you get a very, very, very strong sense of it all of a sudden. And while it's squeezing at first is maybe um, shocking, it slowly becomes actually very intense and hard. And you hear a whisper in your ear that is not bluebeards, but is somebody else's that says, you have some work to do here, honey. What would you like to do? Anybody can still do a maiden move? there are other things in this room to investigate
2: um i would like to investigate the dollhouse
1: so yeah it is an old um beautifully ornate dollhouse um oh sorry what is your question um i'd love to know whose item is this great so uh, as you're walking, the the sort of grip on your hand, uh, or the grip of the hand of your thigh, you can still sort of feel it there, but it sort of eases as you move away from the mirror. Uh, and you squat down to sort of see what's in this dollhouse. And you can see what appears to be a beautiful, pristine, carved doll um, made of of wood. Um, that looks to be incredibly thin. It looks like, I mean, this isn't necessarily a Barbie doll because we're not necessarily in that time, but it's the perfect representation of someone. And you get the sense from this, that this doll is the person who like basically did a self-portrait of themselves. Um, And you can see this doll sort of copied all over the rooms of this dollhouse um, in different positions within it. Um. Well, why did
2: Bluebeard keep this item?
1: Uh, as you're sort of like moving stuff around, um, you you because uh, you you know you're as you're looking through it, uh, trying to sort of get a sense. You reach your hand into a room that looks rather odd, and because it looks almost like a carbon copy of this room, um, this bedroom that you are in, and the um, the doll is in uh, is in the bed, lying down on the bed, and you think there's something within the bed. And when you pull it back, you do see, um, the straight edge razor that you gave him for, uh, the wedding. And as you think to yourself, that's weird. You get a very nice stock uh, of her position on this bed and you realize that she's actually been tied down. And you also realize that on, uh, this doll's body, there are several markings, and that that indicates um, even, even what you would understand to be like somebody who has crudely stitched something up um, over time. Uh, different parts of this doll's body have been stitched back together and she is currently in this position on the bed completely tied down next to that straight edge razor. What would you like to do?
4: Can we take stock?
1: Yeah, I think this is a great time to take stock. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Going to go for uh, second
1: question. What traps have
4: been laid for the bride? Hmm.
1: Fantastic. Um, as soon as you're like, this room is not great. I don't know where that hand came from, but it's gone. And it was probably my imagination. Um, the walk-in closet bangs open. And it's like, it just sort of swings back and forth. Um, and when you turn back to look at it, it does look very inviting.
3: Is this a moment for the mother to
1: care for somebody? There's not someone yet to care for. That door continues to bang. In fact, it seems like it is banging even louder now um, because you are not welcoming its invitation to you. Um, And as you're sort of looking where the walk-in closet is and that door is banging, it's not too far off from the mirror. And even though you are no longer standing in front of that mirror, there does appear to be someone standing in that mirror now.
4: Giving me like Mirror of sad vibes. <laughs> but not desire.
5: Well, I'll approach the walk in closet. Fantastic. I'm so happy. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, uh, out of character shivering from fear.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not legit, right? Like that's not an. No, 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 okay, no I'm yeah. not making that move. Yeah, I didn't think you were actually making that move. <laughs> not yet. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, So you approach this walk-in closet that is currently banging. Do you do anything with the door because it is still banging? Really? Do you want to touch the door at all or no?
5: I'm gonna let it bang. I don't know if anybody else wants. to it.
1: <laughs> Let it bang. Um, So uh, as you as you walk over to it, it actually like it slows down a little bit, Um, and then eventually just like opens and just stays open as if it's saying thank you. Thank you for understanding where you need to be right now. And you see this beautiful walk-in closet and it is full of some of the most amazing clothes you have ever seen. And as you sort of like start pulling some of these things out, you can see that like you would never be able to afford any of these things whatsoever. Um what would you like to do? Now you're of course in a new situation, so you get to have them all to yourself if you so choose.
5: Um, I, can I, can I just start pulling, can I start trying these things on?
1: Can I start taking these things off the racks and trying them on? Would love for you to. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Describe what, which one is like pulling your eye? Like there's Um, everything, everything's here. Yeah. There's
5: a, there's one particular dress that's, you know, it, in, it's sort of just a, a, almost not ostentatious again considering sort of everything daydress um but it's so well made like it's the hand stitching is just so perfect like it again it's it's simple in its construction and design but the fabric is just the most expensive sort of luxurious wool you've ever felt um the hand stitches are perfectly done like everything about this dress is just sort of perfectly conformed to both my what seems to be my measurements and um just the way that it's constructed is like marvelous you know
1: And that is actually entirely correct. This seems to be exactly um, your size. And as you sort of like pull it on, it feels beautiful. It feels luxurious. Um, And, uh, and, and as you're, you're sort of putting it all over your body, and I'm assuming just sort of like, Oh, yeah, I've never had this fine of a silk on me. The feeling of those that hand comes back. And now it's not just on your thigh, it's around your stomach, it's around your throat. It just sort of weasels its way on up and does a number of little squeezes in different places where it feels that you are not quite your best. And it says so to you. We still have some work to do here, darling. What would you like to do?
5: Does this count as a horror? Can I caress a horror?
1: Uh, yeah, it is touching you. Um, so what I will say is that um, because you are you are sort of inviting it, um, you can, uh, as you are, are sort of touching where it touches. Does that make sense? So if you touch where it touches. So describe to me what you'd like to do.
5: Um, yeah. So anywhere I feel this hand sort of, I'd like to put my hand over it and just sort of gently try to remove it. Just sort of, again, I'm not pulling it or anything. I'm just kind of like putting my fingers between its fingers, sort of clasping it and sort of trying to redirect it off of my body.
1: Okay. Fantastic. So go ahead and roll your 2d6 plus blood. Uh, Five. Five. Okay. So, um, that doesn't hit. Uh, uh, so what actually starts to happen is this, um, What you can now see now that you've, you've tried to touch it and caress it away is the hands have actually become more aggressive. It's still not like perverse yet. It's just like, it is just like gripping you in different places. And now a hand has actually started to form and it's a hand that looks, um, slightly, uh, slightly like yours, um, but a little paler. Uh, and as this, like, as this, these hands sort of manifest, you start to do see, you see a body start to form and what looks to be the most perfect woman that you've ever seen. Um, although she does look a little bit odd, let's say, let's say she looks also maybe a little bit paler than she, that, that you know, people are supposed to be, um, a little bit, a little bit glassy eyed, um, and, and fog filled eyed maybe is a way to put that. You, uh, we're not able to direct it away from you. Um, in fact, this, uh, this, this woman, even though you can sort of see her as you're craning your neck, um, is now just sort of pulling you in front of the mirror, um, and has her hands fully on you and they are squeezing and they are telling you everything about yourself, um, that needs to be fixed. Starting right here. She says, look at this, look at this. You've got right here. You're already starting to look old on your, uh, what do they call it under your chin? What is this, like a turkey neck? Uh, and she continues to to sort of talk about different areas of your body. You did do a ring move. So if you would like to pass the ring to your sister, um, you will also take one trauma, which you can decide if you would like to pass to your sisters or keep to yourself.
5: Um, I am going to pass it to my sisters. Um, uh, and I'm going to pass the ring to the
1: mother. All right, mother, you have the ring and you have this, 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 this person, this woman behind you who is beautiful and possibly dead, basically groping you and telling you all of the things that are wrong with your body.
3: The most appropriate reaction to that is to dirty myself with violence. And to mutilate them.
1: Oh, fantastic. Um, So how would you like to mutilate them? I would like to
3: mutilate them by uh,
1: removing their mouth. Uh, with what? With your fingers? With the with the straight razor? What would you like to do?
3: I would like to use the straight razor that I watched
1: my husband shave his own beard with and remove her lips. Great. Go ahead and uh, roll. Uh, plus carnality. 2D6 it
3: is. That is 5 plus 3, that is 8. Plus my carnality, that
1: is plus 1, so that is 9. Great. Um, fantastic. So yeah, you have this, this, um, this gorgeous, perfect woman who is also possibly dead, um, who uh, is groping you and telling you all of these things that are wrong with you in your ear. But you do, um, with your straight razor, you're able to sort of uh, pierce them and, and strike it at her mouth. So you are able to mutilate her and basically slice through her lips. Um, but on a seven to nine, you must choose from one below as well your vulnerability opens you up to trauma and your care or your carelessness leaves you in a bad spot.
3: I think I'm willing to leave myself open to trauma
1: and I'm going
3: to, uh, blame that trauma on somebody else.
1: Okay. So, uh, so yes, as you, um, as you whip, uh, back at this, um, this beautiful dead woman and her lips sort of split open, in front of you just sort of pouring this bud and pulling it and she starts to spit at you and claw back at you and she says um i was only trying to help and she like basically starts to claw um at your uh at your neck um but she misses because you did get her very well with that um uh uh with your slash at her lips um so instead now she is bleeding all over your your thighs and just trying to claw your thighs um off and basically any fat she can find she's trying to claw back at you with that so you will mark one trauma um and you will pass that ring you can also decide if you want to share that um trauma with your sisters
3: so i am going to punish the sister that truly deserves the trauma (laughs) and i am going to punish the animus for that trauma.
5: I have a question because I'm the sh- I'm I'm the shield. Also, I don't know if I'm supposed to every single time a sister takes a trauma, I'm supposed to argue that it was that sister's fault. No, or just I pick when you pick when. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh,
1: can I turn this around on the mother and <laughs> <laughs> an, an endless loop of trauma giving. This this sister is very divided. These these like it's wonderful. It's how divided you all are. It's lovely. Uh, so why and is it I'm the, animus- fight the animus? Yeah, why is it the animus's fault?
3: Because the animus entered into this room and provoked this sister's traumatic experience. So I'm going to blame the animus because it was the animus's choice to go into this room and to provoke this specific sister's traumatic experience to relive her
1: trauma. Great. So that means Enemus, you will mark um, one trauma. All right. Go ahead and pass the ring, uh, Mother.
3: Yeah, I'm going to pass the ring to the Virgin.
1: All right, Virgin, you have um, a sexy zombie as requested, um, going to town um, on your thighs, telling you that they are um, that they are bad, that you are bad, that you are clearly not perfect enough. Uh, in any way, shape or form. What would you like to do? She's also bleeding all over you with her lips that are now gone. So she's a little less sexy. I'm sorry.
2: Right. No, I mean, still sexy. Um, so I, I would, what I would love to do is actually care for that sexy zombie and her bleeding lips as she m- tries to mutilate me.
1: Okay. Uh, describe how you would like to care for this person. So I'm
2: I'm still wearing the silk dress that seems completely made for me, and I take the the razor, the straighted razor, and I cut a piece of the dress off uh, at the hem, and I, I pull it up to her lips, and I start to gently mop at her lips to try to stop stop um stop the bleeding, and um also just. As I do that with one hand, I I um, stroke her hair with my other to just, you know, try to take care of the wound that's bleeding, but also take care of the um, emotional turmoil she seems to be in.
1: Oh, fantastic. And just to be clear, this is caring for someone. This isn't caressing a horror, correct? Right.
2: Yes, I'm caring for someone.
1: Okay. You have the ring. Yes,
2: I do. Yes.
1: Awesome. Um, fantastic. Yeah. So as you do this, um, so she was sort of wailing at your thighs and then all of a sudden this like sort of change of gesture to her is, is very, you can tell it's like taking her, um, by surprise. Um, and she looks at you and then she sort of like leans into your hands as you, as you blot her, her lips, um, with this. Um, and, uh, She's clearly just not expecting this, this level of kindness as she, she eases up her attack on you and she, she takes your hand, um, and sort of through her bloody lips, she just says, I'm just trying to help.
2: Um, can I take stock and ask Wait, sorry. Can I ask her what she means by that? Yeah, you can just ask. Okay. Yeah. I just want, yeah. Like what do you, right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, she, uh, she looks at you and she, um, she sees you still have the straight razor in your hand. And so she takes that and she lifts up, um, part of her dress and you can see that she's got scars up and down her body, different places that she's sewn together. Um, almost like a rag doll, and she says, "We must be presentable at all times, all times. And she sort of takes the razor and flicks it open, and she says, "Let me help you." How do you want to help me? And she starts to dig into your thigh with the straight razor with a very loving smile and the gentlest of hands. So she is cutting uh yeah. cutting up that die
2: how does that help
1: me uh she doesn't answer she just continues to cut into you as you will take one trauma because <laughs> <Fantastic. laughs> <laughs> it's, it's self-evident to her that this is oh. helping <laughs> all
2: right i'm i'm going to cry out for help
1: oh okay Okay. Uh, Go ahead. And uh, what do you say when you cry out for help?
2: I say somebody is trying to help me, but it's not working and I need actual help.
1: (laughs) Great. (laughs) I love that that's your cry for help. Go ahead and roll. Uh, And I think it's plus resilience.
2: Yes. Three. And then resilience is plus one. So four.
1: Great. So you you cry out this. Um, somebody's trying to help me, but they're not really helping me that much. Um, somebody please come help me instead. Uh, and that's, you know, kind of how you say it. And um nobody comes. <laughs> and um this this beautiful uh sexy zombie is just sort of smiling at you through bloody lips that she is now wrapped with the fabric around her face that you've given her. She's just sort of smiling at you as she continues to cut into your Thigh and you can um, pass that ring on over. I'm going to pass it to the witch. Oh, boy.
4: All right. So we've decided to walk in to build a body. I love that. Um, deconstructed. Love it. Um, can you tell me more about how she's stitched together?
1: yeah excellent um so uh you can definitely see as she's so close to you like she's got um scars along her chin too that you can see and it's like she's just been stitched it's like surgical um these like nips and tucks in different places um it doesn't look like it was professionally done is it more like sally like nightmare before christmas stitching a little bit something like she's done herself to make her this way Um, it's what it looks like to you, especially probably growing up on a farm and having done several things instead of paying somebody to come do them. Um, you probably have a couple scars yourself. Uh, so that's what it looks like to you is some scarred over places. And like, she's clearly put in a lot of work to become the most perfect woman.
4: I was going to save this for later, but I guess we're just going to take care of this now. I'm going to care for the servant. Are we calling her a servant? Is she a servant?
1: Are you can't, can I, like, she's a can servant I, or a horror. Um, you can call her whichever. Do you want to care for someone or did you want to caress uh, a horror?
4: No, I'm going to care for them. Great. Um, which means I have to show face.
1: <laughs> uh, you can uh, just tell me which face mm. you would like to, I, I know, it. hold on. I'll look it up if you don't want to share it yet. Because you didn't want to share, correct? Correct. I will look at it.
4: Nobody look.
1: Yeah, yeah, I will. I will let that count for sure. Perfect. Um,
4: Well, I'm just going to hold her hand that is doing some nasty shit and then come in close and just whisper in her ear,
1: you're beautiful just the way you are.
4: And... With
1: that. Great. (laughs) Yes, that's fantastic. So you say this, and it like arrests her, like immediately arrests her. And she's like shaking, holding the razor, and she just looks at you with the coldest of eyes as she's like holding this there. And you can see that she's like wanting to strike you with that straight razor. But then she just like chokes out, and all of the blood that was forming in her lips just sort of splutters onto the floor and all over you as she becomes this pile of flesh and blood um, and completely dissolves. Um, You are covered in blood, is what you feel at this particular moment.
4: I should probably change.
1: (laughs) And as soon as you think that, you do look around and you realize there is no blood anywhere. Sick. But there is the straight razor just sort of sitting there with one small little drop of blood left and your thigh is still bleeding.
4: Well, uh, question. The piece of silk that we had taken off of the dress, is that dissolved or is that still here?
1: Uh, No, uh, you you can see where it's been ripped off of your dress as well. Um. Okay, I'm going to make
4: a tourniquet (laughs) just until we can... (laughs) find somebody to help but at least i want to you know not lose a leg um and i'll rip up some more just like bandage but i think i think we can probably leave the room
1: you want to propose the truth yeah all right when you propose the truth about a room detail what you think happened in the room to whom and why so what do y'all think happened
4: I'll just spit out what I was thinking at first. We had the snide comments from What's Your Nuts at the beginning. Um, I'm not good with names. (laughs) Sorry. So What's Your Nuts was being a douche canoe. And my thoughts is that this person, previous wife, whoever, um, was in a place of vulnerability that that pressure and potentially pressure from other people in the house or other people in Bluebeard's life got to her. And especially when Bluebeard is away for so long, all of these times over, she just started to tear apart at herself. And I think this was a self-sabotage through pressure from not (laughs) anti-peers, from enemies and things. And I don't think this is Bluebeard's fault. I think Bluebeard was really kind to a simple farm girl like us. And we would have seen that by now. So I think this is just a manifestation and just like something that's been marinating and eating away at this person and eventually ate all that was left. So I'm gonna say it's a faithfulness.
3: I support the witch in this conclusion. In that it was not Bluebeard's fault. It was her own personal fault for her not being able to process.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not Bluebeard's fault. If anything, it's Helene's fault. I mean, she seems horrible. And maybe we can get Bluebeard to remove her when he comes back from his journey.
1: <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a token of faithfulness. So next, describe the token that you take that supports your interpretation of what happened here. Um so, what would you like to take? And again, physics doesn't really matter. It can be a big or small thing. We' we'll just assume that you can carry it with you. Um,
4: I guess, I have to make that choice, huh? <laughs> Dang it. okay, well, this we already have the piece of silk tied to our leg. I don't want to take the razor because that seems like a sign of distrust and we're we're being faithful. Can I tuck the razor back in the little doll bed? Great. Good night um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: in the dollhouse, were there any... There were a number of dolls that looked like her.
4: I don't want to take a doll. Is there something we could take from the dollhouse that would be inconspicuous? Sure. Is there a kitchen in the dollhouse?
1: A kitchen in the dollhouse? Yeah.
4: Okay. Um, we'll just take one of the little plastic knives from the kitchen dollhouse. Symbolism! (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) The tiniest knife.
1: (laughs) Um, So you all took a token of faithfulness. You are closer to proving that your trust in in your husband is well-placed. Heal one trauma. All of you get to heal one trauma because you are so faithful and good. Um, Which you get to also pass the ring.
4: What if we didn't have a trauma? Do I just get bonus?
1: No. (laughs) Dang. Damn it. But you're amused to one one trauma um, after... uh, right now, um, until the next person.
5: I, and I did, get, I gave trauma to all the sisters in the beginning, so everybody wow, should have rude. one. rude. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> forgot about that. Oh, so I have two, yeah. so
2: I just.
1: Yeah, okay. let me know when you run out of trauma, because I, I definitely need to know that, but I, otherwise I don't count. I'm not a good counter. Um, who would you like to pass the ring to, which?
4: Not you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, let's see, I'm gonna give it to the Virgin.
1: All right, Virgin. So you have now exited this room, um, this this very confusing room. uh, And you are um, you do still have your beautiful tourniquet on your thigh. But where would you like to go next? Um,
2: I mean, I would love to be able to wash up, you know, do some perhaps a little bit better first aid on my leg, at least wash the blood from it. Um, So I would love to go to a room that could accommodate that.
1: Okay. Uh, pick a pick a key and describe it to me. Um, so there's this really
2: bone white key. It's so white. I feel like it might be like ivory, which I've heard of. Um, but it might it seems a little bit like less strong um, and less shiny, but you know, it's very white. So I'm attracted to that. And it has a little loop on the top and it almost looks like the loop could be a heart, though not quite. Um, that's, that's the key that I choose.
1: I love it. Um, so you walk around some more corridors and up and down some places, but you definitely find, um, the room that matches that key. The room beckons you enter. And the door closes behind you. And what you see is a very striking um, white bathroom. Um, there is a, uh, an ivory, what you assume is ivory, clawfoot tub um, uh, and white walls. Um, you also see some ornate like little loopies like around the room in general, just like some, some odd decorations. You see art that's on the wall. Um, and you also see that behind the tub, there appears to be what looks like to you, some of the fanciest ass shit you've ever seen. Um, you know, we, we were talking about candles earlier, but there's definitely some candles. It's like a very, like there's a lot of candles. Um, there looks to be like a lot of incense and essential oils and stuff to, like make your bath like super great. Um, standing sort of aside from all of that, like kind of on its own special pedestal is a um, is a red bar of soap. And then you also see um, some sculptures and uh, line drawings that decorate uh, the room. What would you like to do?
2: I'd love to investigate the red soap.
1: Okay. Ask your questions. Um, Whose item is this? Um as you sort of pick it up because it doesn't look particularly fancy and it also doesn't smell particularly fancy. Like you get these great wafts of, of, of scents from these other things. Um, it smells, uh, actually very, um, musky and it smells, uh, it smells like bluebeard. Um,
2: so what about this item is odd or uncanny? Uh,
1: it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the room, And that's really all that you can say is that it seems to have a special place within this, um, within this room. It has this special station that it is meant to be in, um, and it doesn't go with everything else, and almost as soon as you you realize that, um, you turn and you look, and the bath and it is filled to the brim with the most inviting looking bath you have ever seen, and you're getting this great these great smells coming off of it, and as you turn, you see um, this gorgeous woman in um, uh, what basically amounts to like uh, a man's tunic um, standing behind you and her hair is all messy. And she is, she's standing there and she's just sort of smiling and gesturing, um, at the, uh, at the tub for you.
2: Yeah. I would love to go in the tub.
1: <laughs> Great. She's incredibly happy and she will offer you a hand, um, as she sort of shushes that, um, that soap away from you, uh, and instead brings you, um, into the tub. Uh, so you want to get into the tub? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm here to be cleaned. Great. Um, so this woman, um, well, absolutely. She just sort of takes your hand and eases you into the tub. And it is the best smelling bath you can probably imagine. Like you had a pretty good bath on your wedding, like before your wedding. But uh, this is next level. And she's already like massaging you with some of this essential oils. And uh, and she's saying to you, are you ready? Are you ready for um, for him to come to you? Uh, y- yes, I
2: am ready,
1: ma'am. <laughs> uh, she like keeps she keeps massaging you, um, and uh, and then she uh, she says, "This is this is what I always did before we began and afterwards." Because afterwards, you really, you might want to do this too. This is, this is your time. To get prepared. Um, prepared for what? And she just sort of laughs and she goes, oh, honey. And she kind of sweeps around to the side of you. And she, and she sort of looks like deeply in your face and caresses the side of your face. And she says, do you know? Do you know anything at all? No. I don't. What do you think you desire? And her hand dips into the water.
2: I don't understand what is happening with your hand.
1: Uh, She pulls out a loofah (laughs) and brings it back up and she starts um uh, scrubbing your, your back and she says you really aren't ready for him are you I can get you ready would you like me to yes I would uh, so would you like to caress a horror
2: yes I would like to caress a horror so I Caress, I take the the woman who is who hurt the hand with the loofah and um, kind of just caress her hand before letting it continue.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh so uh so what uh what uh, go ahead and roll. Yeah.
2: Uh one plus six, seven, and what is that? Plus blood. Uh so my blood is zero.
1: So that one. So um so she smiles and she goes Oh, and as and as like you know, you touch her back. She um she all of a sudden becomes very aware of the red soap, um and she looks around the room and she sort of points and as she sort of like takes your hand and hers and she says, "Which one would you like to to try?" And you can see now, like as you're in this tub and you're looking at these line drawings and these sculptures, that almost all of them are depicting um lewd acts. Um, some of the most like intense sexual positions and situations that you you had no idea um obviously virgin (laughs) like had no idea (laughs) um but you are getting this sense all of a sudden of like what what she means by preparation um and what she means by um uh by you're not really ready because there's definitely a sculpture that is um And that is a a woman that's in a very compromising position with a number of things inserted in different places that you've never seen before. And you didn't know that was a thing. You also see a a design drawing that looks like it's impossible to get into that position. Um, And she's just sort of smiling and she's just going around the room and she's like, so which one would you like to try first? Um, uh, You get to pass the ring because you did caress a horror. Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Animus.
5: Okay. Um I um can I take stock? Is this a moment that I can take stock? Certainly take stock. Yeah, the
1: fucking lootly. Um what horror here is hidden from the bride. Great. Um so You are really as soon as you take control away from the Virgin, who is very innocent and just like, oh, sure, let's go for this ride. um, You're immediately aware of how much um, this uh, this person, this woman, this beautiful, sexy fucking woman is staring at that red soap um, as if she is performing for this red soap, as if she is kind of afraid of this red soap.
5: Um, can I, can I get out of the, is this count as a move? Like, can I get out? Yeah. Okay, great. Can I get out of the tub and go get the soap?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you like, you're like not having it. (laughs) You like. This is actually perfect too because it is you know, anime.
5: It's, it's it's all about context. I'm so sorry, woman. It's not you. It's really <laughs>
1: Um she does look um she does look affronted uh, a little bit that she would just do that. And you do and you run and you grab the soap and she looks horrified. Absolutely fucking horrified. She says, "Don't, don't, don't. It's not his time yet. It's not his time." And she's like frozen. Scared. Um is there
5: um, – what's the toilet situation in this room? Is there like a – is there a flushable toilet? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, can I flush the soap down the toilet?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I don't see why like, not. Like I want to get I – basically I want to just get – I want to remove
5: the soap like in some sort of permanent way. So yeah. I think
1: that's amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. So you like run over to throw it down um, and you, you pull the lever – to to make it to make it flush and the blood curdling scream that comes out of this um, woman um, and she bolts towards the toilet and to get it to to get it out of this toilet and she's just it's like it's sloshing and all of this way and then she turns and looks at you and she grabs you by the throat and dunks you in the water um, to drown you take one trauma but then you get to move <laughs>
5: that's that's fair (laughs) um well i'm i'm gonna just dirty myself with violence i guess because we're here now (laughs) um i would like to disable them um by uh i mean if my head is in the toilet just sort of yeah like elbows backwards just sort of like getting any thrashing kicking moves like i can do sort of to get away from this person
1: great um and you're just trying to disable yeah
5: I'm just trying to disable.
1: Great. Go ahead and roll. Um, Plus carnality. Yeah. Um, Nine. Great. Yeah. So you're able to like get her off of you and she um, scrambles back to the toilet and basically shoves her, uh, her hand down it, trying to, trying to get this soap back. Um, you also get to choose from one below your vulnerability opens you up to trauma. Your carelessness leaves you in a bad spot.
5: Um, my carelessness leaves me in a bad spot.
1: Great. So as you were trying to get um out of the way, you uh, uh, and try to get away from her, you definitely um have slipped um on on all of this wet floor that's happening. So you're now in a very vulnerable position as she turns back to you and towering over you, she says, You have no idea what you've done, and is is just had it, and then goes. And it's like a silence pin drop and all of the water in the room is gone. There's no sweet smells. There's no nothing. And the soap, um, only half a bar now is still in its place. Uh, and you get to pass the, um, ring because you dirtied yourself with violence. Yeah. I'm going to pass it to the witch. Okay. As a reminder, you are on your back in a vulnerable position. um, but there is now no evidence of anything in this room. Except half a bar of soap. Except half a bar of soap and the spa. Um, okay. You know, let's, let's get out. I think we're clean.
4: Yeah, we're, just, we're just gonna... I think we're good. We're gonna leave the I really love the justification. You know, every time we get clean, we just get nasty again. So I think we just stay true to our roots and just, you know, put some... Put, just put some mud on it. Put some mud on it. It works every time. Bug bite, mud. Scary surprise lesbian, mud. <laughs> red bar, mud. <laughs> just fuck it up. That's right. <laughs> um, so we can all piece the fuck out of this room. But anyhow, proposing a truth. Let's see detail what you think happened in the room. I, there was, Let's see. But well, there was some loot acts, but there was some absence of peen <laughs> there was a, <laughs> an extreme lack of that so i don't think there was direct involvement and that we did not she seemed to be afraid so i'm thinking that this marriage might have been with our surprised lesbian um a marriage a tactical marriage and not necessarily a romantical marriage and that maybe this wife was more interested in the ladies so this might have been a place a secret meeting place or something like that that might have been found out but again like I think the conflicts I'm not sure about the red soap I have questions so if y'all want to put in on that but i I'm going to go for faithfulness on this one in terms of Blueberry being faithful I think she had some conflict with her own sexuality and the fact that she was stuck in a marriage
3: I think that the soap has to do with the inherent sexual experience I think this is a token of faithfulness
4: oh good I didn't think about that that's good
5: yeah, so far, it seems like when uh, Bluebeard's previous brides have not felt themselves up to, you know, his standards, his level. Um, that's I get it. You know, he's uh, all of the things that he is. Um, but it doesn't seem like his fault necessarily that those women fell to pieces because they couldn't live up to what they were expected to do,
1: okay. So we have a consensus. We're going to be faithful again. I'm I'm so impressed with all of your um goodness uh, and just understanding of the situation that you're in. It's it's really impressive. Um, what token would you like to take um, as your token of faithfulness?
4: I would say not all of the soap. I would take like a little, just like a little chunky. Chunk. I'm a small shit. I'm a squirrel basically. Cause maybe he needs it. I don't know. Maybe just take a small piece and leave some there. Maybe other people need this soap. Maybe it's a communal soap.
2: I agree. I think that that makes the most sense to just take a little bit. We have a big ass house. (laughs) We
5: also don't know what might happen if we take the whole soap. Like if that soap leaves this room, you know, maybe everything falls down.
2: (laughs) They couldn't get the soap down the toilet. So why would we take the whole soap from the room? I want a scientific sample amount.
4: Like That's it. (laughs) shocked
3: by the level of stress we have on whether we take the entire bar of soap which is mostly made from our menstrual blood and or we take a sliver of soap as though we are living in some sort of coffee shop in vienna in the turn of the century
2: mother it seems like you're the only one stressed about this
1: (laughs) obviously i'm stressed about this i am the goddamn mother i mean you've got to take what you've got to take so you've taken this little tiny bit of soap as your token of faithfulness um, as you exit this scary lesbian room um lesbians. lesbian
4: <laughs> y'all keep making me leave all
1: these rooms for you i'm cleaning up all your
4: dirty work and yet i'm the enemy over here
0: <sighs> dungeons and drama nerds is produced by todd brian backus percival hornak Nicholas Orvis, and is mixed and edited by Anthony sertal Our Bluebeard's Bride game features C. Meeks Meeker as the groundskeeper, Gina Femia as the virgin, Hale Roshan as the animus, Cory Flores as the witch, and Romana Isabella as the mother. Bluebeard's Bride was written by Strix Beltran, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Doom, and published by Magpie Games. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerds. Check out our cast bios on our website, DungeonsAndDramaNerds.com, and tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds.